0: And welcome to this episode of Vogue Business's Beauty Radar, presented by City. I'm your host, Katie Tetracorn, and today we'll discuss beauty for men. The global beauty industry is very resilient, and we're seeing most categories experiencing strong growth in recent years. But for the most part, these sales are being driven by women, and it's still a hurdle to convince the average man to use skincare daily. That's where Horace comes in. The Paris-based grooming, skincare, and haircare brand was launched in 2016, by Mark bryant Tillett and his co-founder, Kim Mazzilli. We're so lucky today to have Mark here with us in the studio to talk about how men's beauty is evolving and where the sector might be headed next. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. How are you?
1: Good. Happy to be here.
0: So, for those who don't know, Mark is normally based in Paris, and we are very lucky to have him here today in London. But before we kind of start talking about skincare, Mark, tell us about your background. What were you doing before Horace, and you know what led you down that path?
1: Before Horace, I started my career in marketing. So I started at Vance, so this skate company, and at the same time, I was doing fashion journalism. I wrote for GQ, for other magazine in France as well. Then I moved into consulting, marketing consulting, where I did, like, very different things for Google, Dockers, Comme les Garçons, very different stuff. And I was always very much into skincare, hair care, I mean, taking care of my appearance, which has always been something. And so Kim, we know each other for, like, we've been friends for 18 years now, and we've been discussing at some point. We just wanted to have a brand where both of us, we can relate to, we can also relate for, I mean, our friends and families can relate to as well. And unlike what existed for women, we didn't really find it for men. It was still like very um, uber masculine, um, very weird way of talking about products, not very, I would say empowering, even Mm -hmm. as a man. And we just wanted to change that,
0: right, and I feel like the market has evolved so much since, but it must have been such a different time when you brought the brand to market back in two thousand and sixteen like what was it like back then, and, and how did you and Kim set about doing it?
1: so back in two thousand and sixteen, and especially in France, we didn't have actually many brands for a guy in his twenties or thirties I mean the ordinary was starting to really to mm. be really really big, but you had to be very advanced um, as a man to be into it. And we sort of decided that we wanted to do a very simple brand in a way that it's the way it talks to clients, the way it talks to men, the way the products are done. Very simple way of just the name as well, the name of the product. I meant, and just we just. Went out there, and it actually took off very, very quickly. And we were kind of alone for quite long, like for quite a long time in, in France, because it was like th- the market was very stretched between either supermarket brands or like super high-end ones. Mm-hmm. Or m- what I mean, high-end is like it goes from basically Nivea to Aesop, but mm-hmm. really nothing in between. And uh, we just like took the spot in the middle by thinking that we believe. Many men want something better than IVR in terms of product, branding, etc., but just don't want to spend the money like on an eyes product.
0: But some skeptics might even question, um, you know, why there needs to be a dedicated brand for male customers. How would you respond to that? You know, do men need different products to women?
1: I mean, in terms of product, men do not need necessarily different type of product than a woman um, because of... Oily skin is an oily skin, Um, you know, um, oily hair is oily hair as well. Uh, If we want men to feel comfortable about the category and buying it and, you know, um, enjoying the product, it has to be dedicated to them because it's the only way they're going to feel comfortable because they know it's for them. So it's just a way to navigate. It's for men, so I know it's for me. And also the truth is, is every brand that has... Sort of started or just started as unisex, always ends up being a woman's brand. Mm. Just for because it's just simple. I mean, the market for women is nine times higher than for men. Mm. So you go if you choose to have models on your website, you're gonna select women instead of men, which is like very logical. And so this is why we say like it's gonna be for men. Maybe some women will use it. I mean, my wife uses it. I. People at the women at the office use it, but we want men to feel comfortable about it. So it's going to be targeted for them.
0: Mm. Is that why you named it Horace? Or where did the name come from? That's,
1: I mean, the name is just a name we liked, uh, Kim and I. we, to, to be honest, it's a very marketing choice. And I'm, I'm <laughs> comfortable about it. It's like we wanted a short name. Uh, I mean, two to three syllables because you wanted to be easy to remember. We wanted like um, a sort of antique first name to sort of carry the idea that it's premium. And so I just went through an old first name book a friend of mine gave me. And I just put a selection, talk about it with Kim and just say, okay, we really like Horace, let's go.
0: Yeah. And what is the retail distribution now? Where can you buy this brand?
1: So in France... um, 80% 80% of the business is direct. So it's other oras.com or our stores. And then we are available in uh, pharmacies and also in Monoprix, which is sort mm-hmm. of a um, weight hose for the UK. And in the UK, it's mostly oras.com now. We are opening a store finally in January. And uh, we are available at Arrod. We are available at uh, John Bell & Croydon as well. So very similar to what we do in France, but in a smaller scale now. But it should be different Uh soon hopefully
0: oh, exciting to hear about the store coming <laughs>
1: yeah 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 yeah. and we have 15 in france so it's finally like the first international one we will have so and, uh, and we're super happy to have it in london because it's our uk's second market so it's like a big step for us as a brand
0: mm. from your observations um do you feel that some categories within beauty are an easier sell to men than others when i think about Like makeup, you know, color cosmetics, it feels like a much smaller space. But something that I've seen in more recent years are companies like Le Labo, um, Birito, Comme des Garcons. You know, I appreciate these are more in the fragrance space, but they don't assign gender to their marketing. And it appears to be resonating more with men, you know, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, fragrance is definitely moving towards like a unisex category which is super good that we are having this maturity of being like, I'm going to wear what I want. For men in terms of like cosmetics, what is, I mean, super easy to sell is basically hairstyle, beard care, because it's about hair. So there's no questioning about whether I'm a man, I'm a man enough if I wear something for my beard or my hair. And also, but yet we are very surprised. So we have tinted skincare. So we have like a concealer, we have like a healthy glow fluid. And it actually went, the launch was very good and in, in the kind of surprising way. But what we realize is like as long as it's, it targets like a concern that a man or a woman can understand. And application is sort of really simple and you see the results kind of immediately. People are way more open to products and categories than we usually think they are. Mm. And when we enter Color Cosmetics, what's, what's really that is like we didn't expect people to be so into it. Yet we knew that they were they requested a product that was effective immediately to hide dark circles. So at some point, the only thing that works immediately is like a concealer. What we realized, like, above all, men, and I think it's probably the same for women, is like they are really, really open to product. We have very expert skincare products that we didn't know would work that well, like an exfoliating uh, chemical solution, uh, which is something most men don't know about, and exactly like the eight or top nine bestseller in our store. It's less about the categories, and about how you're going to talk about it. And I don't think there is actually like difficult or easy categories for that reason.
0: Mm. But but how do you go about educating the consumer? Do you see a difference when it comes to marketing for men versus marketing for women?
1: First thing is most men don't know as much about cosmetics than women do. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot about the basics first. And we've been seeing that with, you know, men coming to us and asking about, you know, how do I wash my face? How do I use a conditioner, which is something that might be obvious for most women, but it's not for men. So it's really like getting the basics right, helping them through, I mean, a lot of content we have on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on social media, like basic routine, step one, step two, step three, and making also this routine available as bundle to buy. Because sometimes if you talk about a man, you know, how... What to do with your fa- with his face? is gonna. Lo- I just need a moisturizer. Mm-hmm. I just need a face cleanser, and the truth is, if you want like the best results, you need to both clean and moisturize. So mm-hmm. making it as a bundle when you save a little of money, it's just like a, just a good incentive for them to just try and just realize that like a small routine is just better than just one. It's really about getting the basics right, speaking in a very simple way and are not in a, I don't know how to put that, but more in a way like a scientist would explain something very difficult to someone that is not a scientist. Mm. It's very, very simple. And making sure that we are there when they have questions and showing them real people, which I think matter as much for women, Mm. but showing people that they actually can relate to and not like a sort of impossible version of yourself that like no moisturizer will will ever give you.
0: Yeah, we're definitely seeing that shift away from kind of like the perfection or, you know, saying this is normal or not normal in like women's beauty marketing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I think that TikTok is changing that a lot because people are like showing sort of bare self directly on camera. And younger generation are super fine with that. And even like older generation, that like I am, I'm 37, are like it's good to see that people are comfortable with themselves, mm-hmm. which is basically the goal. The goal is not to make people buy more and more products. It's like the product is just for you to feel good. And sometimes you will still have a pimple in the morning, and that's okay. It doesn't mean to change your way, to change your uh, to change your day. Sorry. And it's good to have that shift. And and I s- feel that it's shift is to stay cause it's been like years and years now mm. and i think it's uh, i mean it's good for our mental health it's good for you know everyone to grow up with models that we can sort of achieve and relate to mm.
0: I also wonder if some of that shift is driven by, you know, consumers thinking about beauty in a bit more of a sophisticated way. I think perhaps in the past, some um, consumers, male or female, might think, oh, you know, that's not for me. But I think increasingly people view, you know, health and well-being, whether it's physical or mental, as a luxury. And in a sense, kind of like beauty now encompasses everything, you know, how you look, how you feel. And I wonder if that might be one of the drivers, you know, as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean beauty is now become super accessible. I mean, especially with e-commerce, you can buy anything, anytime. And also with the content available out there, which is something that was not possible like 15 years ago, you realize that you can actually use products, feel good about yourself, and you actually see other people like you be good, feel good about themselves. And it's actually yeah, a, a, a good shift of having brands that are very affordable now and yet very sophisticated. I mean, The Ordinary is quite amazing about that. It's like, it's super expert, yet it's like super accessible, which is something we do as well with Oras. So it opens the door, but yeah, m- maybe I can try that because it's still affordable. And if it works, that's good. If it doesn't, like I still have money left at the end of the month. Mm. And I think that's uh, very important to think about how we can make sure that beauty is available to everyone and not just
0: an app issue. Absolutely. But I think we're also interestingly seeing this kind of push and pull in society even though you know as we were saying there's greater acceptance of um you know things not being perfect I still feel like there are still some structures in place like you know, for example when you see um you know little girls going up they can choose to be a girly girl and love makeup or they can play sports they can be like builders and I think those things are encouraged but I think a lot of parents, if you think about around the world, they might still be a bit unsettled if their boys suddenly want to wear, you know, a dress yeah. instead of play football. And you know, even later in life, I think some men will still go to these lengths to prove that they're, you know, very masculine. Um, whereas I think for women, there's um, a much wider kind of range of what is considered acceptable. And I wonder. Um, if that's something that might be preventing, you know, industry progress for in terms of either innovation from brands or even greater adoption of, um, you know, beauty for men.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the result of the am- amazing years of and years and of feminism that just sort of expand the definition mm. of femininity, which is something actually men can sort of learn from way more than they actually think. It's like all the things women have been working and marching and you know crapping rights for everything to just move the needle about what is a woman and what a woman can do it's actually a good way for men to just ask yourselves like can we also go beyond what we actually can do and what we can be and even though it's not the same in a way that like there is no sexism for men in a way that there is sexism for women but yet it's a good way for men to have this lens and say like Can we just, you know, go further and and to move from the question that is um, at some point very normal to be, I am man enough, I am woman enough. And and because, I mean, gender is still and will still be something that people relate to. I mean, even from a spectrum, it's like you identify as, you know, a woman, a man, non-binary, and on the spectrum, you can move as much as a as it feels good to you, but seeing it's something that is important to who you are, and it's good to see that the definition is moving and expanding, and even for men that we are a bit late, uh, I mean, more late than women, I mean, it's changing. I mean, when you look at, you know, the way certain artists dress and act, and especially like when you look at heterosexual artists that are just expand the way, is it. They dress, they act, you know, the, the, the hair color they do is actually a good way to, to move. And, and for the industry, it should, it's it's such an inspiration because it means that we can actually show different type of models and move from, you know, the very athletic white man that has been in every advertising for beauty for, like, ever to showcase, you know, different morphology, different aging, different way of, you know, being a man, to sometimes introduce people where you don't know if it's a man or a woman, but that's okay. It's not. It's something brands should say. And it's also both for communication and for product because it allows you to go way further. I mean, the fact that we were able to launch tinted Skincare in 2022 is because men are just expanding... The way they think about the products they can use, and I think that's a very good thing. And, and the industry should actually push that, even though that is sometimes difficult for them because they are like they sort of do what they do for like years, but it's um it's 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 a nice opportunity and it's good for for brands to, you know, make people change in a way that feels good that's feel good for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: You talked about how there are new role models now in the media. Um, you know, people like a greater diversity just um, just out there that you know men of all ages can look to. So I'm really curious, to, to ask you how you feel about all these male celebrities. You know, Harry Styles, um, Brad Pitt, even Pharrell. You know, coming to market with their own beauty lines.
1: I mean, that's really good because it's just a, it shows that men you've been admiring for years take care of themselves, and they are so okay about taking care about themselves that they're going to show the world and create a brand. And I mean, the fact that Arista's launched a brand where there are several nail polish, which is the same that Tyler, the creator, did. Um, and when you have Pharrell that sort of launch three skincare products where it shows to men that they can do much more. And uh, and it's also like obviously a business opportunity. Just like fragrance was like a celebrity thing, like ten or fifteen years or even twenty years ago. And the thing is, as long as the products are good in a price that is relevant, and if the concept is good, and uh, for example, the 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 concept of um, it's pleasing, right? Harry yeah. The name, it's like it's really nice. Packaging, uh, the nail polish are super interesting and it's interesting to have a man move the needles like two nail polish and probably some will stay, some will go just like in in everything. I just really hope that it just, yeah, men say, oh, okay, if Brad Pitt can, okay, Brad Pitt use a moisturizer, Harry Styles use a nail polish, maybe I can do it too.
0: Yes. How far can it go in terms of you know products and categories and like where where do you see kind of like the industry moving towards
1: we had like a huge skincare moment or we've been having like a huge skincare moment what I think is super interesting and the idea is when will it be saturated of product because I mean there is we cannot do like a 12 step routine every morning mm-hmm. it's a bit long so I think it will move toward maybe like we could we probably go back to like sort of simpler routine, which is a thing we have always promoted at OIS. Like it's better to have three steps, be very consistent, than to try something like a 12 step routine for like one month and just drop it. And there is still many things in hair care. I mean, especially in men, because in women, there are, you know, Olaplex did an amazing job for women, you know. Um, deviness as well in terms of more professional but for mm. men where styling is like a huge part of mm. hair it's there's like still so many things to do and especially in terms of natural and clean product which is something we do it's still a category that can go way further than that and I think there is also a lot of how do you how do you say that um the move toward you know more responsible, more, you know, refillable, just like it's something we have been doing as well. Just people want products that are good for them, but also good for the planet and the, the kids they have on the planet, etc. Which is um, also a good move for uh, for the industry to, uh, to go to. And yes, there is still like a huge premiumization, which I get for the industry because it's um, the industry is driven by you know going after money which is a point of a business and it's also because there is a lot of premiumization it's also a good space for brand to be affordable uh, because not everyone will be able to have like a splurge on skincare or hair care sometimes you need to do sh- many people need to do choice on a daily basis so it's sort of a polarization and in terms of like more premium and the same time being more accessible mm. for other brands
0: and then when we as, as a brown founder yourself or with many founders I speak to you know the real end game is longevity you know to maintain relevancy. How are you thinking about that Horace? well what does it take to build a relevant brand today?
1: First things first is really let you know the people you are talking to I mean your audience, which is something that and people need to actually have real conversations with people instead of just like reading studies and just you need to know what people are really into. And it's the best way to be like a relevant brand in the long run. And it's something we have been doing a lot since the beginning. I still have like daily conversation with clients through my own social media or whatever. And I think it's the key to success. And then you also need to be creative in the way you are approaching the problems you'd want to solve which is a very corny way of that, talking about business because everyone says that. But the thing is, like, if you you need to do it, things differently and in a very, very good way, because everyone is doing an L polish, everyone is doing a skin moisturizer. It's like, what are the details that will make the people you want buy it? And it's a lot, a lot of details. People sometimes are too focused on the idea. And the bottom line is, like, there is no... An idea is as good as the way it is just executed. So I think it's really both about that.
0: Great. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Mark, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: If you're enjoying what you're hearing on this podcast, you might like to become a Vogue business member. It's your ticket to a global perspective on fashion and beauty, delivering exclusive insights that will give you the edge in this competitive, dynamic industry. Visit VogueBusiness.com today and use the code PODCAST20 to save 20% on the usual membership rate. This has been Vogue Business' Beauty Radar Podcast, presented by City. Thanks for listening.